0: In Los Angeles today, the actor and comedian Phil Hartman was shot to death in his own home
1: apparently by his wife, who then killed herself. They had two children. Police are still trying to figure out exactly what happened, but clearly something went very wrong. Jacob to America is presented by the good people at Butt Belly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive.
0: They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect number us one, from the 20th university. university. A study on why 209 A study on million why is called genocide. Google it. Google called Genocide coming to an end Everybody wanted everybody One. all the details about the line this that we had in our possession had in our possession. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know some no problems Tennessee. 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 Tennessee Tennessee I know Boom! Alright everybody, welcome to episode 197 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me on this beautiful oak desk over here that we're sitting at is the brown recluse, Mr. Art Art, say hello to the millions.
1: The millions, what the fuck is up? You are listening to the Art Jacob do America podcast. I realize uh, that you're so
0: vulgar sometimes, like when it comes to the intro. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was like so. Like, I the
1: fuck us up. I like, try to bring the energy, man. Oh okay. Dude, I was shout out to we're not sure yet, but like we're not sure yet was recording their like final episode, and then um, I wrote on their saying on their like commentary or whatever I wrote, um, One, two, podcast road trip to Disneyland or something like that, and then like someone replied back saying art like question mark. <laughs> from art and jacob to america and then i said yes i'm 50 percent <laughs> <laughs> and i was like who is this? i don't know who this person is but shout out to that person yes i don't know who they are apparently they listen to us somewhat or okay they don't watch the the live stream but that's cool that they kind of know what's going on yeah you're a local celebrity now yeah i was you're, like what's crazy that's crazy man yeah so shout out to we're not sure yeah i'm wearing their swag
0: today for you know their final episode that they man. recorded today so with that said art do you want to go ahead and jump into the sponsors?
1: Yeah, uh, so um, Caveman Coffee. Guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got coffee. They got hibiscus tea. They have cacao butter. They have sweatpants, hats. They got everything you could ever need in your life. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up, so go ahead and get your sweetheart some sweet, delicious coffee to uh, get the energy up, get get yourselves in the mood, get that erection going. Um, nothing helps with an erection more than hot coffee. Um, so, uh, guys, take a picture of yourself drinking the coffee, take a picture of yourself wearing the hat, take a picture of your erection and tag us, tag them. Um, and when you purchase these products, you can receive 15% off by typing in America at checkout. Guys. I kinda of said it out of order. Usually I have an order yeah. that I say these things in. I kinda of fucked up here. But guys go to cavemancoffee.com, type in America at checkout, tell them where Jacob sent shit, and that's it.
0: Yeah, so speaking of sponsors, guys, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys, the great, the powerful, the flavorful. El Yucateco hot sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50 plus years of Flavortown. When you think of Flavortown, you better be thinking of El Yucateco You better not be thinking of Guy Fiera. If you do, I'm going to bash you over the head with this red El yucateco that I got right here. But guys, El yucateco is found wherever food is sold. So you can go to your local supermarket. You can go to Walmart, Target. You know, you can go to Kohl's or fucking Thrifty. Wherever fucking food is sold in your neighborhood, you'll find El yucateco in the ethnic food aisle. Or just like wherever hot sauces are at. They always switch it up regardless of where you're at. But in case you cannot find El Yucateco, or they just don't have the flavor that you want. They got seven different flavors that you can choose from. If you're having a hard time finding, you know, Chipotle, just go to shopelucateco.com. Enter promo code DOAMERICA, and Art and I will give you 10% off of your entire purchase. Which goes a long ways, you know, when you consider that the economy right now is drizzling shits. And every little bit helps. So... I'm not here to talk
1: to you about the economy. I'm here to talk to you about... Fucking Biden, man. Already (laughs) fucking up, man. He's like one month in and he's already fucking up. Pinche Biden. Pinche Biden, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. Biden. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop messing around, Biden. He's so sleepy. He's he's not falling asleep at the wheel. (laughs) Mijo, wake up. He's having a wet dream. <laughs> Joe, wake up. You're having a wet dream, Biden. <laughs> That's funny.
0: <laughs> but shout out, Joe Biden. But on the <laughs> real, guys, we're not here to talk to you about politics, hot sauce, or anything of that nature. We're here to talk to you today about some love. This is our fourth installment of our My Bloody Valentine uh, podcast that we've been Time doing. flies. I know. It's fucking weird, dude. Like, So if you follow us on the Instagram... Um, every, every Thursday or Friday or sometimes Saturday, like when I fucking remember, um, I always try to, you know, you know, go through the old, uh, episodes and like rehash them, give them some new album art and kind of like reintroduce them to everybody. And like this week, like it was exactly three years ago, you know, when I released it on the 11th. So yesterday that we did our first, my bloody Valentine episode where I believe I talked about Johnny Versace, and I forgot who you covered or whatever, but I was just like, man, like this I has been like this has like been like like aside from like the unsolved mysteries volumes that we've been covering, like this has, like been one of the like longest standing like traditions of our Jacob to American yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I can't remember his name, but he's that um Asian student that like ate some girl and like oh, the Rolling is. Stones wrote a song about her. That's right. Yeah, I can't remember his name though. Yeah, the Japanese dude. Yeah, Japanese guy um Rolling Stones wrote a song called Too Much Blood. So go ahead and check out the Rolling Stones. They're a young <laughs> up and coming band. All right. So uh this
0: is our Valentines episode. Uh so these are going to be murders or true crime
1: uh, uh fucking tales that were inspired by love. Definitely a lot of love in this one. <laughs> Guys, all right. Let me kick this off. Let's kick this party off. Um, the, uh, the, the, the person that I, uh, I'm covering this, this time around, her name is Ursa McInnes. Um, let me, I kind of want to Quentin Tarantino this and start at the end and then, hmm. and then go back to the beginning. So I'm going to start it that way. So 22 year old Ursa McInnes, an, an ex- expiring actress. An expiring uh, sorry, actress? No, no, no. She was dying? She's dying. She's dying. Oh man. She um uh, she will die eventually. They one didn't day. FIFO her? They didn't FIFO her. Sorry. Sorry. She's not even she she's actually an, an up and coming artist. And I use the word up and coming in like the most like hipsterish way. No offense to her, but she is kind of like most of her shit is like very much like painting on a coffee mug and like all this like weird shit. She Norman paint, Rockwell stuff? She she paints no, actually she's she's better than Norman Rockwell. I don't like Norman Rockwell very much. But she paints on her car. She does all this like very like very much I hate to call someone a hipster, but very hipster is shit. Um for for the most part that's that's her whole swag. Um so one day and I'm Quentin Tarantino in this shit. We're starting at the end here and we'll come back to the beginning. Uh one day she Goes to this farmer who, like, lives in the dairy farmer, lives in the middle of nowhere, and she knocks on his door and she she's begging for help. And she's basically covered in mud, covered in blood, and she's just like crying, asking him for help.
0: Um, is the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, essentially. Oh, okay.
1: So, um, the uh, the farmer, and it's actually really sad to me. Like, the, the whole touching thing about this whole thing is like the voice of the farmer as he's like talking to her. He's like, excuse me, ma'am. He keeps calling her ma'am. He's like, ma'am, um, where'd you say your name was? And she's just like, I don't know. I don't remember my own name. And she's just like spazzing out in the background. Police show up. They're just like, holy shit, what's going on here? Um, nobody knows what the fuck is going on because she's just covered in blood and covered in mud. She's not wearing shoes. The police take her in. Obviously she's like a victim of some type of crime but nobody knows what's going on. Later on, she uh kind of remembers that her like ex ex-boyfriend or ex boy, we'll just say ex-boyfriend. He's an ex now. Yeah. Ex-boyfriend um Alex Woolworth had attacked her. But she can't really remember what happened. She can just uh, kind of remember that Al we'll just say Alex, we won't say his full name now, just for my own sake. Um that <laughs> Alex attacked her but she can't really remember why or well, what happened. Memory is fuzzy at this point. All she can remember is that she walked down this dirt road and it was cold and she was shoeless and she's bleeding and she felt like she was about to have like a panic attack or something. And she keeps asking for her other ex-boyfriend, Jason Mangle. She's like, "Can can you guys just find Jason?" Can you guys just bring him? I really want to see him. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. I just really want to see a familiar face. Can you guys bring Jason? So police is like kind of weird. All right. That's cool. We'll figure it out. We'll right, call Dan, Jason. We'll get on your
0: MySpace and look this let's, Jason let's character see up.
1: What's, let's see what's going on. Uh, it's 2008. MySpace has been dead. 2000 oh, sorry. This is 2018. Oh, okay. It's yeah. fairly recent, actually. All right. There's Facebook a, then. Yeah. Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever kids are into. Actually, definitely Instagram. I'll tell you why at the very end of why Instagram plays a role in this. Uh, so now let's quit and Tarantino this shit and go back to the beginning. That's where we're at Stuck when the police the get involved. Yeah, that's when the police get involved. All right, that's when Mister Orange final is like <laughs> being driven with his bloody stomach to the hi- the hangout spot, the hideaway spot. Um, but um, Ursa, she was born um, to a fourteen year old child essentially yeah she was just a child when she had a child so really her upbringing wasn't that great in fact her name as a child wasn't even ursa it was actually monica k she decided to change her name another like very hipster move to like just change your name because like i don't like my name let me give myself a cooler name oh yeah um and so basically she changes her name then It is a cool name. I guess the McKinnis part comes from. Have you seen the movie Into the Wild? Oh, yeah. I I haven't, but I've heard of it. Like, I know the name or whatever. But I guess the guy, the main guy in there, his name is like Mankless or something like that. And that's why she was like, I want that last name. That's a cool last name. Changing my last name to Vanderbeek, then. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) basically, like, she just does a lot of shit where she tries to make herself more interesting than she really is. She is described by a lot of people around town or a lot of her neighbors her uh people that at the uh, coffee shop she hang out another red flag she hangs out at a coffee shop. At Dagny's okay. Yeah. She hangs out at a Dagny's local coffee shop here in Bakersfield. Um people describe her as very attention seeking, which I get. Like I, I I get from like from what I've seen of her like artwork and like the shit that's still up of her. It's very like look at me. I'm very like artistic and like I'm doing all this cool shit. Very, very like hipsterish. But anyways, um, she is dating this guy named Jason Mangle. And Jason Mangle seems to be, like, that dude that, like, fucking just was attracted to, like, the cute girl. Hipster cute girl. She is a cute girl. I'll give her that. That's probably one of those things that I was like, hey, this is kind of interesting because she's a pretty cute girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jason Mangle is uh 13 years older than she is. I think she's only, like, 21. So he is, like, in his 30s. He kind of has his shit together at this point in his life. He is a he is a medic in the in the U.S. Army, and so he gets deployed all this like while he does all this shit. He he's a very like thoughtful guy. Like he just just basically has his shit together. invests in Bitcoin. Yeah, basically. But the dude still seems to have like that one foot where he's like, I haven't given up my fucking hipster years yet. <laughs> by like. I guess he, like, still rode his bike to the local coffee shop and all this bullshit. That's bullshit, by the way. If you don't own a car <laughs> and you're hanging out at a coffee shop, come on. Get, get, your, shit, get your shit together. Get a job, AP. I, I appreciate that you're a medic in the U.S. Army, but it's like, come on. And apparently, like, he had his, like, whole medical degree or all this bullshit. He had, like, all this stuff. Like, he had a lot of things going for him. Cool guy, actually. <laughs> but, um, anyways. Uh, him and, um ursa start this relationship they're they're in this like hot and heavy relationship Mm. um and then somehow for some reason she decides to cheat on him with the other ex-boyfriend that i mentioned earlier alex and basically jason is just like man that fucking sucks like you know we had a good thing going we were like thinking about marriage like things are getting really serious between us but like i'm a mature ass man and like You're kind of like fucking immature right now. And you're kind of acting your age, which I'm just like, man, good for you, Jason. Good for you for recognizing the red flags. He handled that good. Yeah. He handled that shit really good actually. So he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and like, he gets deployed for two weeks to go do some like medical training stuff. And then when he gets back, um, she's just like, I've been raped. I've been raped by like this, like by one of your friends And, like, I really need your help. And he's just, like, oh, shit. Like, that's crazy. I'm so sorry. Like, this is terrible. And, like, that's its own, like, police investigation. Where she's, like, accusing, like, one of his friends of, like, raping her. And, like, he's just, like, oh, shit. Like, I'm here for you. Like, no one, like, no one should go through what you're going through kind of thing. And then. Nice um, guy, Jason. Nice guy, Jason. She, like, later on it breaks that, like, she was just drunk and, like she just regretted that she like slept with this other dude. And then she goes and like sleeps with Alex again. And so she's just kind of like doing like this really like bullshitty, wishy washy thing where she's just like, like I just wanted, I just wanted Jason to take me back. So like I kind of made up this whole thing where she's just like sleeping with random dudes. Jason is just kind of like, dude, you fucking like lied about my friend raping you. And he's not only that, but you also slept with one of my friends and now you're sleeping with your ex-boyfriend, who's the dude that, like, you, bas- we basically broke up with, with each other because you started hooking up with this other dude that you met at a coffee shop. Like, this is kind of bullshit. Like, I'm kind of done with you. Like, whatever. Very mature guy. And I'm just like, I applaud this guy for being constantly mature because I feel like that's the kind of shit where, like, you easily you can make a lot of mistakes if you're yes. in that situation manipulated easily. yes yeah easily you can you can slap a woman and
0: i don't know about that Or right i'm not going there with what i'm just saying <laughs> a
1: lot of dudes get in trouble for doing dumb ray rice type shit for, yes. in that
0: scenario there are some dudes like that what i was thinking is like oh okay he's probably gonna feel bad for her he's gonna take her back and or shit Or that, yeah or and that. Then he's gonna go down that path over and over again repeat the cycle
1: <clears throat> or that yeah no of course so basically i'm gonna try to not follow my notes too much here because I know the story pretty well, um, but anyways, he uh, he's kind of over that shit. He's just like whatever. She moves back to her hometown, which I can't remember what it was. It was like let's just say Bakersfield. Let's California. just say Bakersfield, California. He gets a do- job at Dagny's. She he so all of a sudden she's out of the picture for a few weeks, and then she starts messaging. Alex again. Alex is the dude that she, not the main boyfriend, not Jason, not Jason, good guy. side piece. The side piece guy. She starts messaging him saying, check out all his artwork I've been working on. I'm going to be back in Bakersfield. Uh, (laughs) Let's hang out. Let's hang out at Dagny's again. Yeah, on First Friday. Yeah, let's go to First Friday, hang out. I'll ride my fixed gear bike down there. (laughs) Um, So they meet up. They're like back and talking at Dagny's. And uh, Jason, who is notorious for like hanging out there and riding his fixed gear bike there, shows up and he's like, oh, it's my ex-girlfriend with her ex-boyfriend just hanging out here. That's cool. Like even though she just accused like a bunch of people of like rape and all this shit, like he basically says like, hey, this doesn't sound like a good idea, like a healthy idea for either one of you guys. I'm just looking out for both of you guys. I'm just being the mature adult here. Mm-hmm. And then um, they like scram to his place. And so he's just kind of worried about... And I, I would imagine, like, they, this is a woman that he wanted to marry at one point. So I'm sure a part of him still cares. Yeah. So he goes over to, um, to his house, like, just rides his bike. Cause it's kind of on the way back to his place anyways. He was going to fly out of town anyways. So he needed to get this, his shit out of there and just go home and drive by this dude's house. When he drives by, he notices that her car is still running. It's still... It's just outside with the doors open and it's running, and he just kind of freaked out. Somebody calls the police because they're like, hey, this, like, suspicious-looking dude's riding his bike around, and he's, like, checking out the, this house and, like, looking through this girl's car, and, like, police show up. Nothing nothing weird's going on. They're basically just saying, like, they were just having a conversation inside, whatever. I'm using air quotes. I don't know what they were doing in there. But um, basically, like, nothing suspicious is going on. So then Jason's just like, whatever, maybe I'm just being paranoid. I'm out of here. Later, good job, police. Thank you for showing up and like showing me that nothing's weird. Nothing weird was going on. Well, three hours later from that point, Alex is murdered by uh by Ursa. Ursa? That's her name? Yeah. Oh, so she murders yeah, him. Yeah. So she murders him. So basically, here's the here's a part where like the twist happens. Like this is the big twist. And this is why I wanted the Quentin Tarantino this shit. Just because the twist is so fucking weird. Because I think leading up to this, I think everyone thought that maybe Alex was going to kill someone or Jason was going to kill someone. Yeah, I thought she was going to get murked. Yeah. So basically what she claims is that she claims that it's all self-defense. That, that her and Jason went out to the middle of the woods to, like, talk. And all of a sudden he, his attitude started changing and he started carving the word boy into her arm. Which ties into this whole different story about how when she was younger she was very like gendered confused. Another hipster red flag. Yeah, I'm gendered confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, there's like some. I'm sure that that's like a real thing, whatever. Yeah, I'm just a redneck from 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 fucking Bakersfield, so mm. whatever. Anyways, um, um, <laughs> uh, basically he starts carving the word boy into her arm. And she's just like, what the fuck is going on? Is that Jacob's baby? Is that <laughs> Jacob's baby's just staring at me through a crack in the door right now?
0: That is funny.
1: I see you. Anyways. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so uh basically this whole thing is like getting fucking nuts in the middle of the woods. Um uh, she he starts cutting the word boy into her arm and or so she claims that, that the word boy was carved into her arm. So, in self defense, she starts stabbing him to death and like cutting his dick off. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it, get, it gets pretty bad. And so. Baby, earmuffs, baby. Yeah, you're definitely going to want earmuffs for this. <laughs> um, Cuts his dick off and like just leaves in there bleeding. Next thing you know, she's at that farmer's house, doesn't remember what happened. So the police show up. The police is like, okay, I mean, that's possible. Maybe he was trying to take advantage of her. Maybe we'll we'll figure out what's going on here. The police start, like, looking into it. It's like, doesn't really make sense. So she's claiming that he was in the driver's seat. She was in the passenger seat. So, like, let's say you're in the passenger seat. It would be your left arm. That would be, like, the one that he would probably carve to write the word boy into her arm. And then, uh, but it was her right arm that had the word boy into it and so like the police is like that's kind of weird it's kind of awkward like why would he do that like why would he grab your right arm like reach all the way around forget that you have a left arm and grab that (laughs) one and like so how did this happen why isn't there that much blood in the car if the if this whole thing happened in the car there's a bunch of blood outside the car there's just a few drops inside the car and not only that, but, like, he had, like, 17, like, stab wounds. It kind of seemed like you were already, like, free and clear after, like, the first three. Yeah. Why would you keep going? And why would you, like, fucking cut off his dick? Like, how did you have time to go back and cut off his Unzip dick? Unzip
0: the pants, pull out the schlong, slice it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just, basically, the case was mounting against her. Um, she, She's taken to court. The whole thing turns, like, extra creepy when she gets to court and, like, these questions are being brought up to her the questions of like how did this happen and she starts bringing up the whole thing about uh him becoming possessive over her and wanting to like wanting to be wanting her to be more boyish and that's why he wanted the word boy carved into her arm and all this stuff basically you're portraying him as like this like psychopath kind of guy yeah even though he looks like the fucking like hipster nerd guy at Dagny's. Let's
0: be honest. He probably rides a unicycle in Portland,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. He's got the he's got the beard. He's mm-hmm. got the thing. He's got that
0: little like, you know, knitted yeah. beanie and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the knitted beanie. He's got like he Birkenstocks. He, he wears like um What what are those Tom shoes? Oh. He wears Tom shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um the, who are doing a good cause by giving free shoes to the yeah, to, no, no hate
0: on that, but I mean they're awful shoes. They yeah, look they're disgusting. awful. They look terrible. If
1: you wear Toms, you don't have fashion. He
0: has a satchel, a little man purse. Yeah,
1: he's got a man purse. He's got his fixed gear bike. I'm trying to think what else is another. Really, I'm sure he drinks like that fancy beer, yeah, which no. I like. It's good beer, but he, come he on.
0: crafts his own beer too, like in his mom's basement.
1: He, you know, speaking of beer and hipsters. Downtown Bakersfield has been overtaken by homeless people since the hipsters stopped hanging out down there. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, say what you will about hipsters, but they need to come back because (laughs) we need to, like, take all those homeless people and put them back in their camps where they belong. (laughs) The FEMA camps? Back in their, um, you know the camps. You know the ones I'm talking about. Skid Row? (laughs) Put them back in Skid Row, back in those uh, concentration camps. The Cecil Hotel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyways, the case doesn't make any fucking sense. Jason gets brought up to um you know the the smart boyfriend the guy that's has his shit together. He gets brought up to the the uh, to the stand to like ask him what happened, the events of the day. And as he's coming up to the stand, like the camera's on her and you can tell she's like in awe of him. It is creepy. The the image of her at this point and she kind of changed her look she kind of looks like a like a 1980s soccer mom during this time period. It's so weird looking. And like she, she sees him and she's just like, oh, damn. Like she does this <laughs> weird look of like, oh, I want to fuck this dude. Uh, it's super fucking dick. weird. Like you can tell that she just killed some dude in order to like get some sympathy to get back with him. Like she went that far out of her way to like just make it all like please get back with me kind of thing. Like I faked the rape. I murdered someone for you to I'm like have some. I'm you want a
0: restraining order and or moving yeah. to fucking, fucking Antarctica at yeah. this point. I'm getting as far away from that crazy bitch as
1: possible. Dude, man. it is. she is like fucking like psychopath level. Um, it, it It's really weird. Later on, there's a second court hearing when like she is found guilty and there's like this really like, I wouldn't say iconic, but it's like, kind of a famous thing in like the whole like murder community of when she's found guilty. Like for some reason, they zoom in the camera on her face. And she has, like, the most, like, oh, my God, like, like the moment you realize, like, you're going to jail for the rest of your life kind of thing. Like, that it's it's pretty funny how, like, they capture that moment of, like, oh, fuck. Like, everything yeah. just got really real. Like, none of this was worth it. Nobody bought my... And it was, like, full-on acting. Every time that she's on the stand, I even saw an interview with the police officer who was talking about her when she's on the stand. And he was just like, man, it was so rehearsed. It was so, like... Just non genuine. Like every time she was on there, it it, you could tell she was acting. Yeah, and it was just it was bad acting. And like, I I think the like I've never been in in like a murder case. Like I've never been like a A like a juror on a murder case or anything like that. But I think I would be smart enough to like know like this person's fucking lying. Like you're a fucking liar. I mean, you can see. I mean,
0: I'm a big wrestling fan, and Mm -hmm. like one of the biggest like. Turnoffs is like when somebody like when they have to cut a promo, right? Like when they get on the microphone and start talking shit, there's people like Ric Flair that do it so flawlessly. It's just like, Oh shit. Like they blur the lines between reality and, you know, fiction, right? Uh-huh. Like that's a Ric Flair. But then you got people like, I'm not going to say any names. There's just so many examples nowadays. They get on the mic and it's just like, you know, they're, they're having like this fake beef with this other person or whatever. And it just sounds like, Oh wow. Like you read that off of the script behind the scenes, like, 10 minutes before he came out here. And, like, you're, like, the worst actor ever. Like, there's just certain cadences that certain people, like, it just doesn't feel natural at all, right? You can just tell. And, like, there's even, like, that middle ground, too, where it's just like, oh, yeah, that was, like, a good promo, but, like, oh, wow, you can still tell that that was, like, rehearsed, like, six or seven times. You just got better at being
1: bad. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a line in, like, the whole thing where they ask the – they're, like, cross-examinating her. And they're asking her, like, what's the meaning behind the whole boy thing being carved into your arm? And she's just like, it it was symbolic. It was no longer just a boy. I was his boy. And I was just like, you could tell somebody fucking trained you to say this shit to, like. Oh, that sounds like some shit they'd put, like, on a Lifetime TV
0: movie and shit.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, just everything she was saying was just, like, bad. Like, maybe she just had a bad team behind her of, like. Coaching her up on like what to say, and they should just pled insanity or something like that. But uh, it was just bad. Anyways, later on when she's actually getting like, so she gets she's guilty, and now they're gonna sentence her to like how much time you're actually gonna do for murder. Um, at this point, she changes her look completely. Like now she has short hair. She has very boyish hair. To so like, a part of me is like she's kind of doing the whole role now of like I'm gender neutral or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't know what it is, but like. Um, she goes from being like those like like eighty soccer mom to like being like she looks like some like hipster skater boy now. Um, she looks like Bieber. Yeah, she kind of looks like Justin Bieber now at this point, which is weird because she's pretty cute in the early thing, <laughs> in the early times, and now she kind of looks like Justin Bieber. It's kind of a mind fuck. Hey man, ain't <laughs> Justin wrong. Bieber's pretty cute. He's um, pretty cute, man. Um, but anyway, so at this point, the judge is like reading. She does like this whole thing about apologizing to to his family. It sounds like she finally realizes like I fucked up. And she does like the worst apology where she keeps saying there's no way I could ever say I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. And like it's just like the weirdest thing like ever like the way she does like her apology. <laughs> it's so bad. For she could you could tell she's trying to be like artistic in her apology, but it's just it's just so bad. Like it's yeah. not a very good apology. The judge basically says like you fucking suck, I'm going to sentence you to life and you won't be eligible for parole until 50 years from now, which she would be like in her 70s at that point. Damn. So basically, like, she's probably not going to serve. It's basically a death sentence. Um, But anyways, I brought up her Instagram or whatever earlier. She's still on Instagram. I actually added her on Instagram. Wait, was, what? Yeah, she still has an Instagram and she sells her paintings from prison now. And, like, she has some pretty cool paintings on there. This I actually a- thought about buying one of her paintings, for, for, <laughs> bringing it in today. Yeah, I wanted to. I, I still might because they're not that expensive. Okay,
0: but and put some money on her book so she can get the chicken top ramen or what. Yeah,
1: man. And like, I was just like, it's kind of cool. Like, it, I mean, it's not cool, but at the same time, like, now I follow her. I even wanted to like see if we can get her on the podcast, <laughs> just like message her on Instagram, and she even has this thing like DM me for pricing on my on my paintings or whatever. And I was like, damn, like, I don't want to buy these paintings now, but like. It kind of reminds
0: me of, um, I forget the serial killer. Who's the serial killer? John Wayne Gacy. There you go. Yeah, he has like Pogo the Clown paintings and shit.
1: You know the story about those paintings? He actually doesn't paint them. He gets other people in prison to paint them. He has like this whole like assembling line of paintings of people just painting these like stencils of Pogo the Clowns and he just sells them for like a lot of money. Yeah, it's a fucking rip off. I am so fucking heartbroken by that now. Yeah, yeah, I think he painted like one for himself and then everything else has been like a stencil for, it. it like picked up traction and I was like, Let's just fucking become millionaires in prison <laughs> and eat all the fucking chicken top ramen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we could add egg on that shit on special yeah. occasions.
1: Yeah, dude. But anyways, that's that's the story of uh of Ursa. I just thought it was super interesting just because as I was as I was going through it, I was just like, damn, I've been in these like crazy situations where like especially like when I was younger and I was like involved with these like hipster ass like girls that like weren't all steady mentally and like let's just
0: face it man everybody has that crazy ex-girlfriend some of us have two or three like I said I had a very dark 2011 yeah
1: yeah Yeah. no I mean like I mean I feel like I just made a lot of mistakes and put myself in bad situations because of like just being dumb and young and horny like essentially like that's all it is young and full of cum yeah and like I feel like I don't know if I would have been as like smart as Jason and been like you, you kids need to, like, we need to call the police because something weird's happening. Like, that whole thing, like, I, I applaud him because he, obviously he's 13 years older than her, so he must yeah. have some, gets his shit together. But still, like, I I still applaud him. I think that he does a really good job, and we should all be a little more like Jason and keep our, like, fucking, like, our mind in priority and maybe not our heart all the time. There you go. um But, yeah, I don't know. I was fascinated i was like i could have totally seen myself being the dude that got stabbed in a car <laughs> and like my dick cut off oh no i i i feel like there must have been so many times in my life where i could have been that guy man so i don't know go go ahead go ahead and add her i'll actually like let me read out her uh her insta tag really quickly <laughs> her uh insta tag is a uh, dirt underscore fiend so go ahead and add her
0: dirt fiend yeah. Dirt underscore fiend. Yeah,
1: dirt underscore fiend. I'll
0: put that on the YouTube too. Um, so um, And
1: go ahead. She's she's a cutie. Go
0: ahead and add her on there. So Dude, I'm so glad <laughs> that I didn't pick the one that I was going to pick because I started <laughs> researching uh, the Jodi Arias case. We mm-hmm. brought that up with Yadira on the Richard Ramirez episode we did a couple uh, weeks back. And there's a lot of similarities. Again, another hottie uh, fucking stabs her boyfriend to death. Tries to lie on the stand, do, do, almost, the, the, almost the same story, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I maybe she took a lot of cues from Jodi Arias because I think that happened 10 years before Your Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that would be super awkward if we both told, like, the similar uh-huh. story, like, going into it. Jodi Arias, an episode further down the line probably. We'll have you, dare <laughs> back on for that one. But, um, yeah, I'm so glad I decided to switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Good choice. Yeah, so speaking of um uh the, la, 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 the topic that I wanted to pick um uh, you know I, I was going to pick Jody Arias just because you know got brought up or whatever but you know I started researching it and it was going to be a doozy and these are you know quick and simple episodes, you know, and I wanted to keep it um you know straight to the point and I wanted to put you know a better face on it. So um I was looking up cases, you know, of, um, you know, women killers, right? Mm-hmm. Women serial killers. It's something you don't really see too often. There was that lady that, you know, uh, that was based, the movie Monster was based off of. And I was just like, I know that has like a technical term to it. And so when I looked it up, and it's, um, exercise. Or hold on. Let me make sure I got that right. That's why we got notes, motherfucker. Um, UX or ux or i side and probably butchering the fuck out of it but it's like when a significant other from the female you know gender um kills you know a boyfriend or spouse and it even says it like you know on the webster's dictionary of it it's super rare when it happens but when it happens it's almost 10 times more violent or you know there's a lot more passion put into it and i was like perfect and so like the wikipedia perfect uh, (laughs) insert that sample right there baby um But when it does happen, it's, like, very passionate or whatever. So they have, like, on the Wikipedia, like, different cases, like, famous cases. And it goes all the way back to, like, antiquity and shit, like, Greece and all sorts of stuff, like, when so-and-so did so-and-so wrong and whatnot, right? And so when I got down to, like, you know, more modern times, I got to, like, the 90s, uh, Phil Hartman came up. Um, Phil Hartman, you know, if you're within our, you know, generation, uh, we remember Phil Hartman from Saturday Night Live, like, when Saturday Night Live was, like, the shit. And, like, Phil Hartman was, like, the main guy of Saturday Night Live. And we're talking, like, this is, like, when David Spade was on there. We're talking about when Chris Rock was on there, when Chris Farley was on there, like, Adam Sandler. Like, all these, like, people that would go on to Hollywood and become, like, these huge mega stars. like, you know, five, six years later after being on Saturday Night Live. Phil Hartman was the king of Saturday Night Live at that period of time. Uh, but... Phil Hartman led a super interesting life. I mean, maybe down the line, we should do like a whole Phil Hartman episode. Uh, But homeboy was super interesting. Uh, He actually was born in Canada. And as a teen moved, you know, to California Um, and lucky ass motherfucker, you know, he starts um, competitive surfing. Um, Then he um, out of high school, you know, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. And his older brother like has this gig, you know, uh, being like a drum tech for, you know, famous bands, like uh, Jimi Hendrix experience. And so Phil Hartman actually becomes like a roadie for Jimi Hendrix in the late wow, 60s. Wow, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, he's still trying to find himself as a person and whatnot. Like, he's not yet, like, you know, a famous comedian or anything like that. And so he's, you know what, you know, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to study graphic design. He's like, I you know, I'm a pretty creative person. And so he actually, you know, gets a job again with his brother who has, like, all these, like, hookups within the industry. And he actually, like, starts doing, like, you know, graphic design and album artworks for 40, like, fucking top, 40 album covers for people out in the time. So like bands like Poco, America, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, One of the Poco um, album covers kind of reminds me of your favorite album, uh, Deftone's um, White Pony. It almost looks like something that inspired the album art for um, White Pony. So, you know, I invite you guys to, you know, check that out. And he actually designs the fucking logo for Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So we're talking about the logo for a fucking a rock and roll hall of fame band that mm-hmm. phil hartman fucking you know you know created that'd be like if um fucking uh let's say joe rogan fucking you know before he was like joe rogan on fear factor or the ufc or his podcast or whatever you know back in the 80s when he was still trying to find himself he designed the logo for like nine inch nails or some shit like so super interesting cat mm-hmm. um he you know later on was just like you know what this album you know designing album covers that's cool and all but like i miss like i want i want that social interaction that like i had like when i was in high school like where my gift was making people laugh so he enrolls in what's called the groundlings which was like you know it's a pretty big deal you know in la like you get like again a bunch of famous comedians come out of there Um, you know i'm not gonna waste time going over all the names but just like anybody big that you know It's made it like on Saturday Night Live or later on, like in the 90s or in the early 2000s, kind of came from like this movement from the groundlings. And again, Phil Hartman was the king of the groundlings. Like they were I was watching um, a news documentary, you know, about, you know, Phil Hartman's early life and whatnot. And they were talking about like every guy wanted to be him and every girl wanted to be with him. And it's not that he was just – it wasn't that he was, like, super, you know, good-looking or anything like that. It was just, like, he just had, like, this stage presence, and there was just something charming about his personality and the way, like, he would just hold together everything, like, wherever he went. Like, it was just, like – it was, like, almost like Jesus walking into the room, which mm-hmm. would be funny because he would actually played Jesus on Saturday Night Live or whatever, right? So it was just, like, he just had this, like, magnetic personality, but he also had, like, these – um, amazing like character flaws where it's just like he can charm the pants off of anybody again he was like the rock you know minus all the muscles and shit like men wanted to be him and girls wanted to be with him but like he would get married to women and you know they like the first two wives that were on like this news documentary about his life they would say like yeah like everything just seemed like like a fairy tale like i was marrying like my prince charming and we're gonna live happily ever after and it just seemed like immediately after that he would just shut down like, you know, this nice guy, uh, you know, like, cool dude persona, like, it would just drop, and, like, he would just become super introspective, and, like, he would just start pushing me away, like, the the two previous, like, ex-wives, and I believe there was, a you know, a fiancé before this, whereas, like, it just seemed like he would just lose interest, like, in the marriage and the relationship, where he would just start pushing them to, like, hey, maybe you need to, you know, get a job, like, out in New York, and, like, find yourself, like, you know, you know, on the, the Broadway scene or whatever, you know, while I'm doing my thing out here in LA and you know, all the wives and you know, ex-wives and ex-girlfriends were like, well, no, like I'm with you. Like I want to be with you. Yeah. yeah. And he would, it just seemed like he would always push people away and kind of shut down. Um, until he meets his third wife and her name uh, was Bryn Amendal. And everybody was talking about like when he met her, it was almost like he met his match. Like, again, like I said, Phil Hartman, but not necessarily a good-looking guy. And he would always, like, you know, you know make fun of himself, like, hey, I'm so chubby. What am I doing with this, like, hot Brynn girl? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brynn, on the other hand, was a very tall, very bombshell, blonde-looking uh, lady. Um, some people said that she had, like, that classic, like, Nordic um, features mm-hmm. uh, where she just looked like this, like, tall supermodel. And she did. And that's actually how mm-hmm. they met. Like, yeah, there you go. Okay. Like, she... Um, was doing like some bikini shoot or whatever. And like, he was like in the commercial or whatever they were shooting. And like, that's how they met. Like very, just, just polar opposites, if you can can say, but they kind of brought something to the table for both each other. Phil was this like up and coming, like comedian actor. And uh, Bryn was, you know, wanting to get into the industry. So they, they both, they, they kind of used each other for different purposes at this point, you know, Phil, you know, he wanted somebody that was, you know, going to go somewhere And that looked good on his arm, whereas she needed somebody that was going to help him, you know, help her, you know, you know, break into the industry. And he was like this rocket ship. Didn't I don't think he had quite yet gone to Saturday Night Live yet. Um, But like you can tell like, oh, shit, like this is like the next king of Hollywood here. This was like Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey. This was like Adam Sandler before Adam Sandler. Like Mm -hmm. you can just tell he had it or whatever. Right. So Phil Hartman, he gets on, you know, Saturday Night Live, you know, Bryn and him, they have two children together and they kind of like have this like storybook marriage, like on the surface, like they would go to like after parties, you know, after Saturday Night Live would wrap and whatnot. And, you know, all like, you know, these former cast members or whatever would say like, yeah, like him and Bryn just look like the picture of like, you know, what an, an American comedic couple should look like or whatever, mm-hmm. like they're laughing, like. She would go over here and you know like sit on you know uh, Lauren Michaels' lap and play with his hair and like Phil was Phil Hartman wasn't even like batting an eye like he wasn't wasn't being all uh, uh, you know jealous or anything like he was over here like with Julia Sweeney like you know cracking jokes till five in the morning whatever and they would like whisk off and in, into the you know the sunset was coming up or whatever right and they just seemed like to be like this happy-go-lucky couple uh, but what they didn't know is is that Bryn actually was a very psychologically damaged person where she I some people were speculating that she suffered from bipolar disorder. Uh she was also a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. I guess like when Phil met her, you know, she was just getting sober for her alcoholism and she was very much addicted to cocaine at the time. You know, it's the late eighties. I mean come on, you know, like cocaine was all over the place. Yeah. yeah it's places.
1: everywhere, man. Yeah.
0: You know, fucking all your favorite artists were doing it, right? And yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and so um so, like, that that kept being a problem in the life. So, like, she would have, like, these mental episodes where, you know, she would go off and do something like, you know, go sit on Lauren Michaels' lap. And because, you know, Phil Hartman was trying to, you know, portray, like, that good guy image, like, hey, that doesn't bother me. Uh, but then they would get home and she would get furious that he wasn't having a reaction so like they would fight and fight and fight and it would get violent sometimes on her end like you know she would throw ashtrays at him just to get something out of him because again this is like him like doing that classic phil hartman thing with his marriages where like he would marry these people and then just kind of shut down and kind of push them away and so they he said like one of phil hartman's friends said that like yeah to avoid like you know the conflict and whatnot he would just you know pretend to go to sleep And like, she would just be, you know, arguing with herself, like having a one-sided argument, you know, in the house, like desecrating the house and whatnot. But he, like, the way he would combat it was just like, you know what, I would just pretend I was asleep. And, um, you know, to avoid, you know, confrontation and whatnot. And so like a lot of friends like started to see this, like after a while, Um, Phil Hartman, again, like spends eight seasons, eight seasons on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, he's kind of like, you know what, like, it's kind of run its course. And then you know, like you could tell, like the new cast members started to you know file in. This is like when you get like Jim Brewer and you know Will Ferrell, like all like that new class. Like you know, like when your time's up, like yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm the king or whatever, right? Like I'm good at fucking doing you know an impression of Bill Clinton, but it's it's time for the new class to come in or whatever, right? And so like he starts his own show uh, called News Radio, and um, News Radio is pretty famous because it was. Uh, um, uh, the series that um, started the careers for like Andy Dick and a little known comedian named Joe Rogan as well. So Joe, <laughs> that, like I thought that was super interesting. Well, cause you kind of forget about that. Like Joe Rogan, like when he had hair and he was wearing a fanny pack and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you have this series, he's the star of the show. It's um, on NBC where they have like that um, Tuesday night, like must see TV where it's like Seinfeld, Frazier and news radio. Like he was like clumped into that again. Phil Hartman was going to be the next big thing in comedy. Again, you, you know they don't put you on there with Frasier and Seinfeld. They you know, don't think you're going to be that big. So all of a sudden, in 1998, um, Brynn, uh, she's having a lunch or dinner, or a late dinner, late lunch dinner with a producer, Christine Zander, um, at this restaurant called Buco de Beppo. And Buco de Beppo is like fucking like, a step, in my opinion, it's like a step below Olive Garden. So, like, I, right there, like, that's just, like, kind of a weird fucking move right there. Like, why are you... Where is that, LA? Yeah, it's in LA. Okay. Yeah. i it's heard like heard of it. it's, like, a national change. It's just not, you know, here in Bakersfield. But, like, there's one in Vegas. There's a couple, like, in LA or whatever. But it's it's basically, like, cheap fucking Italian food or whatever, right? And so I guess they meet or whatever to have, you know, this late lunch, you know, early dinner or whatever. You know, because Bryn's very much trying to get like an no, industry. It's
1: no soup plantation,
0: <laughs> or a Cracker Barrel, <laughs> or Sizzler. Cr- cracker Barrel is pretty
1: good. It's pretty good. It, it's it's. I wouldn't say like it's like amazing, but it's pretty decent. They have some pretty decent choices. Would you take your girl there for a Valentine's Day date? No, I wouldn't. No, okay, I wouldn't. That. But there's like there's 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 levels to this shit, and uh, definitely would not. But if I'm driving through the grapevine and there's Cracker Barrel, and I'm like, that's kind of convenient. Let's just stop there and get a burger. It is a pretty good burger. Oh, wow. When I think of Cracker Barrel, I think of like cornbread
0: and like, you know, baked chicken yeah, and shit. Yeah, they
1: bring you, here's your bowl of bread, and uh, now here's a burger. I think they also have pizza. They have like like de- They have like decent food. I feel like they're decent, but I wouldn't like... I kind of feel like Gordon Ramsay <laughs> needs to go in there and condense that
0: fucking menu a Oh, bit.
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan. Oh, okay. Sorry, continue. Go ahead.
0: Anyway, she's having, like, this dinner at Buku de Beppo where, like, she's fucking trying to, you know, broker, like, some kind of deal with, like, this producer or whatever, Christine Zander. Look up her Wikipedia. Like, she's got some hitters, like, on her resume and shit or whatever. So she's trying to, you know, talk to her. And uh, Christine says, you know, hey, like, she seemed to be, Bryn seemed to be in good spirits. Like, I didn't suspect anything, you know, going on that was crazy or anything like that. Uh, But later on in that night, um, Bryn goes home at around, like, 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning, and she starts arguing with Phil. And this is all speculation because, obviously, we weren't there, but the children were there. They had two children whatever. And they say that, you know, part of the argument that was going on is just, like, she was mad that he wasn't mad at her for staying out so late, and so again, like typical, like I've been saying, like he, I guess he pretended like he was just like gonna roll over and go to sleep and just let her argue with herself. So <clears throat> about an hour or two later, neighbors describe you know gunshots in the neighborhood. They hear three gunshots, and what ends up happening is, is that um, Brynn actually shoots Phil Hartman once between the eyes, once in the throat, and once in the upper chest super like when I like when I heard like when they were talking about that like on the ABC News fucking like documentary or whatever and I was like holy shit that's fucking nuts so you're gonna tell me like you're have you seen the movie Goodfellas yeah like where Karen's like standing over fucking Ray Liotta and she's like getting ready to shoot him like so she's already got the gun pointed like between his eyes shoots it you know he's dead at that point, right? Like no one's surviving like a shot between the eyes, especially with the gun she had. She had like a thirty-eight caliber like handgun or whatever, right? At point blank range, right? like Phil Hartman's dead at that point. You take it, you put it in his throat, you fucking blow out his fucking fucking voice box at that point. You know he's the famous voice for Troy McClure, like on The Simpsons and shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, it's just, like, oh, wow, you're not only trying to kill him, but you're trying to, like, destroy him. Like, figuratively, like, destroy his legacy right here. You're destroying his voice box, right? And then he shoots him in the chest. Shoots him in the chest, which I can only assume is, like, she's aiming for, like, you know, the heart area or whatever, right? So, you're literally, like, you're taking, you're being a little bit more extra here. And you're doing, like, the whole Bon Jovi thing and, like, it's shot through the heart and you're to blame. You give Mm -hmm. love a bad name kind of bullshit, right? And I was, like, wow, that is some fucking vindictive bullshit. So what ends up happening is um, she goes into a panic. She drives to her friend Ron Douglas's house uh, and confesses the whole murder to Ron. And Ron's just like, what? You killed Phil? Like, no, no way that happens. Like, no, you, calm down. Let's just get you calm. And he, he's like, Ron says, like, in an interview, he's like, I could tell, like, something was up with her because she, you know, she would get hysterical And she was known for like saying like crazy shit like this just to get attention because she was very much an attention-seeking person. And so he's like, let me just sit you here down. I can tell you've either been drinking or you're high on some kind of substance or whatever, right? Just chill out here for a minute. Let me go get my wife, Bonnie, to go make some gourmet coffee for you, whatever, right? Um, And, you know, everything will be all right. Like, no, you don't understand. The kids are still in the house and Phil's body's in there. And, like, you know, like I don't want them to wake up and, like, you know, see their father dead or whatever. And he's like... All right, like, if you really did kill him, like, let's go over there and we'll check it out. Like, uh, you're probably just tripping balls right now. Again, she was a former cocaine addict. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, she probably just, she probably shot the dog or whatever and thinks whatever, right? That's what That was what Ron was saying. So they go there. And as soon as they go there, they find, like, the children, like, at the front door, like, crying. And Ron's like, holy shit, like, this actually might be real. So he runs into the bedroom and you see Phil's dead, and immediately calls 911, and the police are already on their way, because the neighbors had already called 911 and shit, and, you know, they immediately, you know, to get there, and they escort the children out or whatever, and it's funny, it's not funny, but it's heartbreaking, because you see, like, some of the news footage of, like, the cops, like, taking the children out, and you're just like, I can only imagine, right, like, here's your dad, here's Troy McClure, or, you know, fucking, um, uh, who's the fucking, um, the other character he fucking plays like on uh, The Simpsons or whatever. But all around, like they just show like at the beginning of this documentary, like this really good guy. and he says like over and over again, where it's just like, you know the thing that gives me the most joy in in life is like being a father or whatever, right? And it's just like you can tell like again, like I were talking earlier with your girl, mm-hmm. how you can tell like when someone's being ingenuine or like in character or whatever. Or when someone's being like real and genuine. Yeah. You can tell like Phil like really loved being like a father. Like, you know, they were showing footage of him like boating with his son and you know, his daughter who ends up like go to her Instagram page, like uh like, what's her name? I'll bring this up right now. Um, Bergen, Bergen Hartman, she's a fucking dying piece herself, but he, like, you know, as a child, like he would tell her, like, you know, on like the home video footage, she was like, Oh Bergen, you're the most beautiful girl ever and like she is, she's a really good looking, you know kid mm-hmm. and so you you could just like it was just heartbreaking to see it's just like oh wow like to lose a father like like that and your mom's to blame and the way she killed him I was just like man that is like one of the most heartbreaking things I
1: can think yeah. of I mean it's rough like just hearing it just hearing you tell that story and I didn't even know that story I I, I don't really know that much about him but um, but it seemed like and going back to that first story with like that Jason character and like how I kept praising him for like doing the right move kind of thing. There's moments where like if someone is constantly looking for an argument, I don't think shutting down and like pretending you're asleep is the answer. The answer. It doesn't solve anything. And it kind of almost points out like you needed to do something about this. Like problems don't just go away without addressing them. Mm -hmm. Like they either like they just escalate or evolve. Like so – It sounded like, you know, both things happened. Like, yeah, it evolved to something worse and it definitely escalated to, like, the murder of of, of Phil Hartman. So, I don't know. I mean, if anyone's listening to this and they're just like, man, I just keep avoiding arguments and, like, shelving them for the next weekend or whatever it is like you should probably address that
0: shit yeah no get that like i mean i'll just say it right now in my own personal life like whenever me and my girlfriend like have arguments or whatever or you were in there too long podcasting like just like hey like listen here like the rest of the like we address like we talk it out i make sure we don't go to bed mad at each other right we we go from a to z we get that shit handled because you're absolutely right like you do not want to shelve it because that fucking grows into something like you know cancerous later both figuratively and you know you know, literally, you know, like when you yeah. do some bullshit, like that's, that's toxic behavior within itself. You think yeah, you're yeah. avoiding confrontation, but you're just creating a bigger one down the line.
1: Definitely. And like, there's this, uh, there's this book called, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And, um, I think I me- I've referenced like his other books. There's like a book he has called, um, uh, love is not enough. And, um, but anyways, going back to that subtle art of, of not giving a fuck, there's this whole thing where he talks about how, there's people that are willing to create fires to attract firemen and people that are wanting to find people that create fires to be the firemen kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like I want to be the fixer to this like broken down person and, and vice versa. Like I need someone to like help me like, and it's just this constant or of like, <laughs> uh, there's that <laughs> word again of like, of these two unstable people that don't understand the way a relationship should be where it's, it's. And one of the things that I I would, you know, like if, if, if you or your girlfriend were to like lose your job, like it's not your girlfriend's job reason or like, it's not her role to like make you feel better about it. It's not her job to like make you like, like help you fill out your resume and like make it better. Like, like, yeah, be supportive, but that's, at the end of the day, like, you're your own individual, and like, you have to understand. I think there's people, like, that Phil Hartman thing just seems like he was very much, like, dependent on, like, on her to the point where if, if the relationship wasn't going well, he didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, it needs to be going well because I don't know how to deal with conflict. And it's one of those things that the reality is, like, life is conflict. Life is this constant, like, struggle, and like, that's all it is. Like, Mm You just need to know how to like deal with struggle and like deal with with conflict because it's it's never gonna get better. You just gotta get better at dealing with it. I mean, how do you make a
0: sword? You know, by fucking pounding it to death. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You gotta fucking. I mean, <laughs> the strongest steel out there. You know, it comes from fucking. You know, beating the shit out of it, setting it on fire a little bit. Don't set things on fire. Don't beat the shit out of your significant others. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's just like that's conflict in itself. You know what I'm saying? There's a violent act that creates a beautiful thing like a sword or whatever. And unfortunately for Bryn, you know, when the cops come and they take the children or whatever, she barricades herself in the bathroom and uh, within the bedroom where Phil's at. Uh, she commits suicide with the same gun. And, you know, as it comes out later is, is that, you know, she was, you know, the toxicology or whatever, she had alcohol, um, Zoloft and cocaine in her system. So she, she was lit like a candlestick and, you know, Going through even deeper dives into it, it was very much just, just like Phil was trying to move the family, I guess, away from L.A. at that time. Because, uh, again, he found News Radio. This was going to be like his his or his Seinfeld or whatever, News radio. He was the star of this show. Yeah, you had Andy Dick. You had Joe Rogan on the other side, right? And I guess Hollywood was a very – well, it still is. I mean, it always has been a very well, shady place. What show did that
1: come out? What year did that come out at? Uh,
0: well he died in 98 and he was in the middle of uh the the series like when I, that happened
1: i just want to point out what's that one the adam sandler show Andy dick had already been on the Adam's on that show
0: i don't think he was like nbc big though he
1: wasn't but i mean it was already like a guy like it was like andy dick janine giroppolo whatever his yeah. name was like i mean there were like those are like that was like a whole crew that came up together. That was a funny show, by the way. I think mean, like that's college football,
0: and then like this is NFL though. Like
1: yeah, yeah especially yeah. like in the late. This 90s. This is Big Bang Theory. Ugh. No, well, don't I mean say it. That. I mean it's that's what that sh- that network plays is like. That's, that's CBS. Oh, yeah. it's like nighttime TV stuff. Like what it take over? Like I guess The Office was their big hit.
0: Oh, office, yeah. Office and um, this was his office though. He was Michael Scott. He was basically, in in a nutshell, he was playing a Michael Scott character because I watched like a couple of clips of it or whatever, right? But my whole point though is just like Hollywood was kind of like a shady place. Here you got this lady, you know, she's from like Wisconsin. Hollywood is a shady place. Yeah, she's from Wisconsin. She already has like an alcohol problem. She develops a cocaine problem, whatever. And here's the fucked up thing. I'm speaking of Andy Dick. This is where I was going with it or whatever, right? and I've heard this a few times, like on you know Rogan's podcast and then John Lovitz, one of the his SNL um, alums that was with, well, with Phil Hartman, you know, that he was talking about this as well, where the, Andy Dick was very much a coke head, right? And Andy Dick was the one that reintroduced Bryn to cocaine. And Andy Dick was very much a good, close friend to Phil Hartman. And, Andy Dick kind of, like, afterwards goes through, like, this whole, like, fucking, like, you know, Britney Spears, like, off the deep end thing himself because his coke habit affected her coke habit, which ends up ultimately killing, like, one of his best friends or his idols or mentors at that time as well. And it's, like, one of those fucked up things where it's just, like, Hollywood, again, the Ouroboros, like, eating its own tail or whatever just because of all the fucked up shit around it or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, I mean... I think, I think in any, any case, actually both cases, like there's problems and the problems need to always be addressed. You can't just bury a problem. You can't just fix a problem by like burying it in drugs or whatever it may be. Yeah. 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 Like you, you just can't like that's, that's life.
0: Yeah. You can't ignore the problem. You got to take it full on or whatever. Yeah.
1: I mean, or, or, you know, address the problem. Like. Some relationships just aren't meant to be. Like it seemed like he, Phil Hartman was. I mean, this is his third marriage, and his Mm -hmm. third marriage like cost him his life. It seemed like he was probably not that good at relationships to begin with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to address that. Sometimes you're like, I need to fucking work on this. Like I'm not that good at relationships. I'm I'm good at finding toxic relationships of people that maybe depended on me because she was maybe dependent on me to become a bigger star, or like whatever you know, like things like that. Like need to be addressed. Like if it's obvious to other people, then. You need to work on yourself and, like, get yourself there. I and Whatever it may be. Like, I keep thinking back to that Jason guy from the first story, and I'm just like, that dude fucking knew his role in life where it was like, you know what? I'm a fucking medic in the military. Like, I, although I enjoy, like, hipster, like, cute (laughs) girls, like, like, that shit's not the end of the world. Like, I need to be able to, like, be more than that. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a career to look after and, like, things, like, life is going to evolve. Like, I'm not going to be... into, like, hipster cute girls for the rest of my life. Or maybe you are, but whatever. Like, you have to evolve. There's other hipster cute girls out there in the world. Hipster cute girls that turn into <laughs> soccer moms who turn yeah. into boys later on yeah. in life. Yeah, and end up cutting
0: people's dicks off. Ooh, no. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from hipster girls and brins, all right? <laughs> and that that is a real story on my part. That was a dark 2008 um, <laughs> story. <laughs> but anyways, happy Valentine's, everybody. Not to end this podcast on sour, two sour notes, if you will. You know, I kind of want to, you know, shed some, you know, good light on it. What do you have? What do you and your significant other, your girlfriend, have planned for Valentine's Day this year, sir? I hope it's
1: not any Carl's Jr. Uh, it's going to Carl's Jr. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of like, I don't want to say I'm winging it, but uh, I'm depending on what the weather's going to be like um, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I enjoy going hiking. I think that one of one of the things that I've always wanted to do is going hiking at the Hollywood sign. So that's on the table, and like maybe just go into speaking a, of Hollywood, <laughs> yeah, go into a fancier dinner in Hollywood. Be careful, man. Hollywood, that's uh... a. <laughs> well, I mean, you know me. I don't like L.A. You're yeah. an L.A. fan, but I, I've never enjoyed L.A. I've never enjoyed many of the things that it offers. Besides, like now that there's no concerts or Disneyland, I feel like it, L.A.'s true self has showed itself, where it's like what do you got now, man? Like there's nothing here for me. Like there's, there's nothing like what's the difference between you and Oildale? maybe cleaner air, slightly cleaner air, maybe more homeless people. (laughs) But like the, the shit's not there, but like I enjoy hiking. She enjoys hiking. And so like, I think that going to, um, to the Hollywood sign, which is like one of the more iconic hikes in California Mm. that you don't have to go to like a national park for. Um, that's what I want to do. I was like, we both enjoy this shit. Let's do this shit. what was that? Is that your dog? It's a demon. That's creepy sounding. All right, what are are (laughs) you guys doing?
0: Anyways, um, uh, well, we we were gonna go to um the beach, and we were throwing around some ideas of like what to do or whatever, and like she wanted to do at first, she wanted to do uh Santa Monica, and I was like, like you said to your point, everything shut down. Why? Like Santa Monica has like the dirtiest water. You can't really. Gotta go Santa Barbara, man. It's beautiful. Said that too, and I was like, maybe there, but I was like, it's February. It's gonna be cold. Like nothing's worse is like than being yeah. cold like at a beach. Like they I just hate. Just put that.
1: the pleasure dome up in Santa Barbara. The weather's perfect, one hundred year, one hundred percent <laughs> of the time.
0: But like I was just like, it's like going to Morrill Bay. Like I hate Morro Bay. It's depressing. It's cold. Like I'm cool on that. Maybe like when Bakersfield reaches like a hundred and four degrees, like we'll go do that. But it's just like, nah. Let's save that for summertime. So like my idea was is like, hey, we have this is our first official year with the baby you know he was born the 6th of february so he had a valentine's day last year where we were just like she was healing in the bed you know so it was like we couldn't really do anything except fucking watch the office (laughs) yeah eat Carl's junior or whatever and watch uh funny (laughs) grown-ups grown-ups yeah on an ipod like rafa (laughs) listen to the patreon to get that joke guys um but so like this is like the first year like we're gonna be able to enjoy him during valentine's day so i was just like hey why don't we just go to like the zoo So, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Fresno Zoo. Oh, that's Um, pretty cool. You know, I made sure, like, you know, during these COVID times, you know, they're going to be safe or whatever, because, like, that would suck to go get fucking COVID at the fucking zoo or whatever. They check, you know, they do all that shit. I believe there's actually free testing there as well. So, I was just like, hey, fuck it, let's do it. Let's get tested for COVID and go see some fucking animals and shit. How fast does it give you your results? I guess, like, within an hour. So, you have to be there, like, at 9. Okay. And then the gate's open at 10. So, it works out anyway, so.
1: Crazy. Um... You know what you brought up the beach, and not to get too into the beach thing, but like today I was thinking about like, dude, I really want to go to the beach. Not like LA beaches because I don't really, I don't even enjoy those beaches, but like Santa Barbara beaches and like like that whole area. I know you don't like Moral, Moral Bay, but I I think they have some cool shit. What's that one that everyone from Bakersfield goes to? Pismo, Pismo Beach. I don't like that beach, but they have good clam chowder. Like, Abola is a good beach, though. It's a good, like... Abola Beach. I love Abola Beach. Abola beach. I, actually, I was going to land on Abola Beach as, like, the final destination because they have a a uh, bike tour that you can do where you basically can rent bikes and go from, like, winery to winery. Oh, yeah, that, I saw that, yeah. yeah like, so that's kind of what I want to do for my birthday. Um,
0: and it's in May, too, so it'll be, like, perfect.
1: Yeah, so, like, I'm I'm super stoked for, like, that. I, I, I can't wait. I've never even been a beach person, but, like, I really want to, like, rent bikes and be at the beach and like maybe like buy a longboard and like ride a longboard across the beach or something (laughs) like that. Like for some reason I've really gotten that like kick in me lately where I'm like, this is the year that I'm going to finally enjoy sun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can get a tan, get like 10 shades fucking darker than you already are. This
1: is, this is the year, man. This is the year I finally give into happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Get that vitamin D. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this year
0: cool so with that said everybody i hope that you guys have a beautiful valentine's day this year um you know even if you don't have a valentine just love yourself if that's the moral of this story be like jason don't be like phil hartman you know love yourself love others and that's all that's all that's the fuzzy thing i'm gonna land on this week so
1: yeah i agree i mean respect yourself Res- <laughs> i mean that's all that's we take can
0: said it best protect your neck
1: Protect your neck, respect yourself. Other people won't respect you if you don't respect yourself. That's right. Can't love others if you don't love yourself. Tell your mom and your boo too. Shout out to Elizabeth Shout out to Elizabeth Warren. Shout out to We're Not Sure You yeah, Have Podcast. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. That's it. Obviously, good luck on your future endeavors. Yeah, good luck on your coffee and your mortician skills. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so with that said, guys, uh, we can no longer shout out our sisters of the We're Not Sure Yet podcast, but we are official podcast podcast members of the Podbelly Network. Boom, right there. Here's the pin. Uh, but you can still check out other great podcasts. If you like our podcast, you probably like other podcasts on the network, like the World Famous. Sophie King podcast, my homeboy Eddie at the RRBG podcast, Nerds on Topic, uh, the multiverse of Stephen King, that's still a podcast there, um, as well as uh, there's podcasts on there called Changing Hearts and Minds. So if you dig our podcast, go check out those podcasts on there. Um, rate, review, do all the stuff. Uh, but guys, if you want to help us, uh, make sure you check us out on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel um, if you want to get more content every week. Um, Art and I do an extra Patreon episode every single week before we start recording the actual episodes. And like nine times out of ten, those episodes have been more fire than the actual episodes that you guys get for free. Uh, so head on to the Patreon, sign up there $1, $2, $3, bucks, whatever you want to do. The more money you give us, you know, not the more problems you'll get, like Puff Daddy said, but we'll hook you up with some more swag. Uh, go to our tea Public where you'll find all of our merch. Uh, but with that said, everybody, I'm fucking starving, man. My fucking ass hasn't ate since fucking 10 a.m. in the morning. Oh, damn. Your boy is too thick, and I'm trying to lose that weight, but I'm about to pig out right now. So with that said, everybody, have a happy Valentine's Day. Stay safe and good night. Good night.
1: rise? We, the jury, find the defendant, Ezra J. McCandless, guilty of first-degree intentional homicide as charged in the information. And the answer to the special verdict question is yes. Use the dangerous weapon. And you may be seated. And,
0: uh, it's like this, then who gives the fuck up So just chill to the next episode.